Hi mummers, Kate here. Just a little note on today's episode, we do talk a bit about Santa and as usual, we're pretty sweary. So if you've got little ears around, you might want to put your earbuds in. Yep, you can't drop out on me. I don't know, I didn't know what to do. I was like, she's gone rogue. I can't rogue. do a counter melody if you don't stick to the melody. <laughs> okay, we'll try that again. One of these days we'll have an intro to our podcast. To our podcast. Um, what song is that, though, that we've lifted? Is it? There was a little Spanish flea. <laughs> That's probably it. All I could think of was Benny Hill, but that's... We're not that irritating, are we? What if we get like a cease and desist letter from the original owner of... Whatever it is. Stop bastardizing our song. Hello and welcome to We Don't Have Time For This. I'm your host, Gemma Peanut, and here's my co-host... Kate... That was a real COVID, Kate. Here we are, back in lockdown. Not so smug now, Kate the Great. No, no. Not so smug now. <laughs> so, dear listeners, just to paint you a picture, Kate and I are actually recording remotely from each other today. We are looking at each other on our iPhones, chatting through FaceTime. Look, it's just in the theme of 2020, isn't it? And we've got to stop being surprised when 2020 just keeps dropping bombs on life. Like, why do we keep getting shocked and surprised? Oh, I know. I've decided to start referring to 2020 as the wet fart that just lingers on. How many days left? (laughs) Seriously. Like, legit, what day is it? So, 10 days till New Year's Eve. Imagine the fuckery that 2020 can get up to in 10 days. Oh, so much fuckery. I just want to go to sleep for 10 days and wake up in 2021. No one anticipated or expected this. We were all floating around in our little island Australian bubble, loving life. We had officially hit, I think, two weeks of being completely COVID-free, no community transfers. And bam, all of a sudden... 12 cases went to 17, went to 30, and now I think the count is at 86 confirmed cases and growing. And we are just four days out from Christmas. And Gemini, dear listener, are in the epicenter. We live on the Northern Beaches and it's called, well, actually, I was really glad it used, they were calling it the Northern Beaches COVID cluster, but they've rebranded it to the Avalon. COVID cluster. So. Oh, oh, good. Well, that's not us then, is it? So we're So we fine. can settle comfortably into that place that the rest of Sydney, New South Wales and Australia are in where they're like, oh, well, it's not me. It's not where, exactly where I am. It's like those guys up in Avalon. So. The Avalonians. Those, those the devil Avalonians. Avalonians. Anyone who went to the Bolo or the Ari. Those feral Avalonians. But, oh, man, I was feeling so positive on the first day because I thought – It's still not as hard to do lockdown in Sydney as it is in Edinburgh. Oh, for for sure. sure. For sure. I can get outside and it's almost guaranteed to be pleasant weather. So if we need to exercise or give the kids a run around, it's really easy. Cafes are still doing takeaways. I can still go get a coffee with a mask on, checking in with a QR code really safely, really confidently, not thinking I'm harming anyone or doing the wrong thing. But you still get that little marker of time in the day couldn't do that in the uk lockdown ever everything shut you couldn't even go get a coffee so i thought oh well it's just gonna be like a quiet weekend and then day two 
I know. yesterday. I was like, no, just no, just no. I forgot so many of the little things that is so hard about lockdown with kids. Totally. And you forget that kids crave that social interaction with other kids. I mean, Rafa has a bigger social life than me. So when I strip that away from her, she's the ultimate mischief maker because she's bored. And activities don't sustain her. She needs... Yeah, she's such a hard age yeah, for that. Yeah, and she's a real extrovert. So for her, this is just... I can see she's struggling. I mean, she pissed on my brand new couch this morning. Oh, my um, God. The people definitely want to hear more piss oh, stories well, from the, Yeah, exactly. Guys, I do have to say, I've had so many DMs from people saying, oh, my God, that episode should be called Putting the Wiz in Wizzy World or Rafa doing the Wiz at Wizzy World. We missed it, Revs. We- it may be the greatest shame of my life that I missed out on that pun slash yeah. bit of wordplay. A little a little bit of um, info about Revs for everyone is that she is the queen of puns. How did we miss it? Yeah, so Rafa, I don't know what she was doing. She was standing on the corner of the couch and just squatted down and pissed straight down the back of it into the corner. And not only did it hit the top couch cushion, but it went down into the base as oh well. And God. I was like, all the joy. But I know she's only acting up because she's bored. She's gone feral. It's Lord of the Flies for her. She won't wear clothes anymore. She's gone full-blown golem. Just wants to be (laughs) nude and crouching down, being like, my precious, over her belongings. Because they're the only things that make her feel connected to what she knows in in her life. This is... This is not even 48 hours into a lockdown. Fuck me. Can you think of those Melbournians who did that whole stretch and all the people in the UK and the US who, and everywhere in the world that have been doing this since March? Totally. The hubris I was feeling yesterday of like, oh my God, I had actually blocked it and forgotten and become quite smug. I know. I'll admit it too. I was feeling smug too. And in the UK, my family and friends have just overnight, they've gone back into tier four days before Christmas. So they're literally not allowed to leave their house or see anyone outside their household. And they're crushed. Yeah, morale is very low over there. I've been receiving a few DMs from our fellow Brit listeners. The tone is really somber. Like this has come out of nowhere without any time to prepare. And I don't understand the full details, but my understanding is the government gave them very little warning very very little warning which I think is brutal but I have to say having experienced my first lockdown in the UK and experiencing lockdown here it is like a tale of two lockdowns oh yeah tell us the difference the differences are so huge maybe it's just me but I have just found the experience so different from an emotional point of view say what you want about Gladys but I just think she is such an amazing leader I couldn't agree more she doesn't get hyped up or use hyperbole she's very steady she's honest you can see she's actually trying to answer the questions of the press gallery she's setting expectations she's giving us deadlines she's telling us what they're looking at I don't feel like she's hiding lots from me which is what you f- I felt in the UK. We were just like, what are you doing? How are you doing this? What are the rules? Ah. So there's Here like feel- no clarity in the UK, which I think breeds anxiety. Because what I love about Gladys is she just does not fear monger in any no. way, shape or form. She's like that really practical mum that just states it as it is. And I loved that she did a plea to the neighbouring states requesting for them to please reconsider closing borders for the sake of family members. Look, message didn't get across 
lots lots of border uh, closures but I, I get it say, I know that's really hard on everyone and easy for me to say because I don't have a loved one over a border but if I was in another state and a state had broken out I would want my state protected I understand that. I guess I'm coming from the perspective of I've heard so many stories and a close friend of mine who flew to Queensland to see her mum, who she has not seen since February. And while she was in the air, the state borders closed and she landed there and they were like, oh, you're being turned around and you're flying straight back to Sydney. Um, You're from the Northern Beaches, borders closed while you were in transit. And she waved at her mum from the airport while her mum was in the car holding her 11-month-old, like sobbing. I I just empathised so deeply and heavily with her because I just... I feel really lucky that my mum lives 10 minutes down the road and I've had the privilege of being able to spend so much time with her this year and my heart just ached for her to think that she couldn't see her mum and she was so excited. But that's just one of, God, countless stories that have been sliding into my DMs. I know, and it's, it's heartbreaking and it's really, really hard. But what is worse is if it just explodes totally. out of control and we can't get on top of it. That is gonna, It's just going to mean more separation and more anxiety and more heartbreak and more missing things for longer. I just feel so confident here, unlike when I was in the UK, I just feel so confident that we're being looked after and that the people in charge are grown-ups and obviously they're going to have political agendas and things. Don't really want to go into all of that. They're politicians. Yeah, there's no flawless politician, okay? No. But generally speaking, I really get that feeling that that it is health first, economy second, but really trying to kind of create synergy between the two and taking care of both because they also understand that business owners and and the economy also needs to be looked after as well. As we saw with the first lockdown, we can bounce back so much quicker if we stamp it out and keep it contained. And I just feel really safe. Anyway, the biggest thing though is they do such a good job here of giving us pats on the back. And for me, it just goes such a long way. The fact that they start the press conference with, First of all, just have to say a huge thank you to the people of the Northern Beaches for doing all the right things. And I just feel so proud. Oh, I agree. Po- the positive reinforcement works. It oh. buoys people. It gets yeah. us feeling like we're contributing to a purpose greater than just our individual selves, that we are a true collective and we're all working together. I agree with you. For me, it just goes so far. And that was so lacking in the UK, as my experience. At the beginning of this pandemic, I just felt like the news was the same, the same. It was all these terrible stories of all these horrible deaths. The numbers were climbing and climbing and climbing. We were not allowed to leave the house except for 30 minutes a day for exercise. However, the numbers kept climbing and it's like it wasn't working. Mm. And for lots of reasons, we now know. But there was never a point where any of the leaders said, guys, I know it's hard, but you've just got to do this. They're really good at thanking their healthcare workers and frontline workers and really good at following rules, amazing at following rules. And they don't whinge, which I struggled with because I'm an Aussie, I'm a convict. I love a whinge. I love to rebel against the authority, but they don't whinge at all. They're utterly compliant. And yet they're in this mess. Like imagine the anger brewing. But can I just dive in from another perspective? Because I've got a few friends in the UK who I've been chatting to. And for them, the vibe is that 
fellow Brits aren't following the rules and that they just wish that they freaking would because they they look at, at Australia as, oh, my God, you guys are so unified, whereas in yeah. the UK they feel like it's a bit like every man for themselves and that, that there, are, there is a divide of people who are desperately trying to do the right thing and then there's a feeling of, well, there's the other people who just don't give a shit. Well, I guess I was in Edinburgh, which is a very um, polite, compliant, lovely community, and everyone was absolutely following the rules there. But the thing is, they've had the borders open, so I don't know, like, what they expect. I mean, you can make everyone stay at home, but if you've still got, like, people from the US or wherever still flying in, I mean... My stepdad has a friend who got made redundant from his job in Australia, unfortunately during the height of the pandemic. And so he decided to fly back to the UK to be back with his family. And after him being in Australia and seeing how Australia's handled the crisis, by that point we had already introduced the two week mandatory hotel quarantining for overseas people entering the country. And he was flabbergasted that he flew into Heathrow. There was no signage, no masks, no quarantine information they just got told by the pilot yeah you should self-isolate for two weeks from home but there was but again that lacking of clarity in the information that's being passed on and when he arrived at Heathrow he was like do I just get a taxi or a bus I mean I'm assuming all these things are running there was just no signage anywhere look I don't want this podcast to become about shitting on the UK versus Australia it's not about that but I guess I just want to say that our heart really goes out to you because I can't I can't imagine how frustrating it must feel whereas Kate and I can only speak on behalf of our own opinions but we feel like we're in such a good set of hands in terms of being led by the government and particularly Gladys Berkajillian Berejiklian, Jim. It's I said that with such self-assuredness. Such confidence. I've often said about Jim, often wrong, never in doubt. (laughs) The thing is, we both have family and loved ones in the UK. So it's just this, like, our hearts just on both sides. The thing that makes me crazy is we say, oh, well, we're an island here. So it's really easy to fortify ourselves and defend against this virus. So is Britain. Britain is also an island. Oh my God, that's so true. But they are still part of the EU. And I think, you know, because Brexit hasn't fully happened yet. So Jem, your family's all over the globe. So what does Christmas mean for you? Because your brother's in the US, got family in the UK, your mum and stepdad are local, which is nice, but your dad's in Thailand. Talk us through like what Christmas day is and what what you hope to get out of it even if we are in lockdown I guess how do you celebrate with everyone it's funny I'm a bit of a what's called a third culture kid so I grew up in Thailand but my mum's a Brit so she was an expat my dad's a local Thai guy but we went to an international school my brother went to boarding school in the UK then I moved over to Australia with my mum and my stepdad and grew up with this Australian upbringing so fun random fact about me I have tri-citizenship I have a UK passport an Australian and a Thai passport and I've lived in the US so even though geographically we're far away from each other we always had that sense of we're just a flight away I know I don't take for granted how lucky we are to be able to fly places easily we always had that sentiment of like we're just a plane ride away from each other Now, for the first time, I am feeling that distance so hardcore. So 
I was supposed to fly to Thailand over Easter this year. Of course, those plans were wiped out, compliments of COVID, but I wanted to introduce my family to Iggy. And the last oh, time... Oh my God. I know. Haven't they haven't met him and he's turning one next month and it just kills me. <sighs> Um, And on top of that, my brother was supposed to have his wedding in October this year. We were going to fly over as a family of four so that my brother and his fiancée, Marley, could meet Iggy and Rafa. Rafa was supposed to be a flower girl. And, of course, their wedding plans got pushed back. So So their marriage is going to be pushed back two years. Yeah. Minimum. Yep. I mean, my mum has been really subtle about the fact that they should just have babies, you know, out of wedlock. (laughs) Mum's like, I don't want to wait two years to become a grandparent again. It's been really tough for my brother because his fiancée is American, but to get her visa processed during a pandemic, it's a nightmare. But yeah, so our Christmas this year was meant to include my brother, his fiance, my dad was going to come over. I mean, just like none, none of it's happening anymore. So yeah. at this stage, I'll just be fucking grateful if I get to see my mum and stepdad for Christmas. Like, yeah. like that is my Christmas dream at the moment because of this Northern Beaches or should I say Avalon cluster? <laughs> Sorry, Avalonians. <laughs> Do not call it Northern Beaches. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's thrown all of our plans out, but there you are. We're kind of taking it hour by hour, wouldn't you say at the moment, Revs? It's so funny how perspective shifts so quickly. Literally last weekend, I was out on date night with my husband, FaceTiming my sisters-in-law in in the UK from Manly Corso being like, look how normal it is here. We're so lucky we miss you guys. Like that was Friday. And then Wednesday, it's like, boom, there's an outbreak. And the next day, cases have trebled and it's doubled again. It's like one day you have full freedoms and the next day you're completely locked down and you just want to go get a coffee and that becomes a big treat or you want to go for a swim and that becomes a treat. Now we're like, hopefully we'll be able to combine with one other household for Christmas day. But even then I think everyone's preparing themselves for a happy ISO Christmas. Yeah. I mean, I'm certainly bracing for it for sure. Um, We went and got a COVID test today as a family. (laughs) How was it? You know what I don't have time for, but had to make time for? (laughs) What do you not have time for, but had to make time for? (laughs) COVID test, a drive-through COVID test. Oh my God. It was such an experience. Now to give you a bit of backstory, the reason why we went and got tested isn't because any of us are particularly unwell or anything like that, but it was more so the fact that if the government says you can combine households over Christmas, we want to be able to say to our family members, we've had a test and it's negative, especially because my husband's mum is considered on the vulnerable side in terms of her health. So of course we don't want to take any risks. So the funny thing was there's a lot of pop-up clinics in the northern beaches of course since the outbreak but everyone has horror stories of waiting from anywhere from two to six hours trying to get a test I know a friend of mine sat in a car with his two-year-old toddler for three hours only to get close to the front of the queue and they said sorry we've had to close we've run out of supplies and then he had to turn around and drive home without a COVID test done like that is my idea of hell so this morning I texted my chat group with my girlfriends and I was like guys we're off to get a COVID test this morning where's the go-to place in terms of speed and efficiency I need to get in and out someone was like oh there's a new clinic opening in curl curl just this morning so I was like done if that's a brand new spot no one will know about it so then we like hot footed it in the car at like 7 30 this morning drove down to curly straight away there's a queue 
And we were like, oh, I see. Everyone heard about the new Curl Curl pop-up clinic. We are not unique or special or insiders at all. It seems that word has got around. And we thought, well, we're here now. The line isn't excruciatingly long from what we can see. It's long enough, but whatever. It's early enough to just get amongst it. So we jumped in the line and um, saw our friends also in the queue with their toddler. So we were like, solidarity, man. We're all in this together. So talk to me about having an 11-month-old and a two-year-old in a car. Well, as I said, message the chat group. My girlfriend, Claire, our good mum. The good mum. The good mum. Shout out to the good mum. She was like, make sure you pack heaps of snacks and an iPad. And I literally was out the door and then like ran back and grabbed all these things just in case. She knows you so well. She would have been like, Jem definitely doesn't have spare undies and she definitely doesn't have snacks in her bag. Guys, I'm a wallet mum. That's all I show up with. <laughs> Hashtag wallet mum. Wallet mums you night um thank god for the good mum hooking me up because I was a bit smug as I said at that time I thought well no one's gonna know about this secret pop-up spot I won't need any of those things but thankfully I grabbed them because it took us three hours three hours that's how long I spent in a car with my two and a half year old and 11 month old and my husband and how'd they go I was so shocked by how well Rafa went the whole experience for her was novel so the idea of like in a gridlock car situation where no one's moving but everyone's got their windows sort of half wound down some people were wearing masks in their cars even some people weren't Um, we were sort of pointing to things out the window as we slowly crawled around the bend in the lineup. Hell on wheels. Hell on wheels indeed. And then when we got to the testing site, I thought, oh God, I have no idea how this is going to go down with Raf. She was a fucking champ. I am so proud of her. She was just curious about the whole experience. Like even the people in the hazmat suits didn't scare her. She was like, who are these people? But that is just Rafa encapsulated to a T. Iggy though, Oh my God, my heart broke. He was absolutely devastated. I gave him a comfort feed after, even though I'm desperately trying to wean him. I was like, oh God, okay, back on the boob in the middle of the day. I promised myself I wouldn't do this, but I'm, I've been conned into it again because of freaking COVID. Iggy has really good bounce back. He recovered really quickly. He was fine. It was funny though when I got mine done because they do your throat as well. And I gotta say, Jim, I'm very curious to hear because you can't even swallow tablets. <laughs> you know me so well. You can't even drink Barocca because you gag. Correct. So, how did you go? Oh, well terribly and what was so funny is they had two lanes so there was a car right next to us and they had a baby too and they were watching our car get the test done first and the woman in the driver's seat was right next to my passenger seat window and she just looked at me with absolute horror because I was gagging and coughing and spluttering I had tears streaming down my eyes from when the brain tickler (laughs) went up my nose and she just looked at me like Oh God. And I could tell instantly that she had never had a COVID test done before and that this was the first time and that I was just setting that bar real low. Good. <laughs> just, just just managing her expectations for her so that hopefully when she got it done, she was like, oh, it wasn't that bad. That woman in the car over there was making such a fuss. <laughs> yes. It's not fun. I've had four COVID tests. Holy moly. I mean, we've heard <gasps> about the one in hotel quarantine where you literally had to yeah. hold your children down, which sounds horrendous 
Yeah, I'm really lucky. My boss has a really strong COVID safety plan. So any symptoms, anything at all that's not perfect health, we have to get a test before we can go back into the office or onto set. So I've had a few and they have gotten better. I just feel like it's gotten less invasive. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's invasive. But then I saw the funniest tweet this morning, which was like a man had tweeted, the nasal swab is the most invasive test I've ever experienced. And then this woman replied, laughs through pap smear. (laughs) That is so good and so true. Yeah, nothing will be as bad as when they check how dilated you are. The worst for me was getting my waters broken by what I could only describe as a knitting needle being shoved up yes. my clacker and just trying to hook into the bag to burst it. That was the worst. Very little seems as bad after you've had a baby. So true. Women are bloody warriors, I tell you. So, Kate, what don't you have time for this week? Uh, continuing on the COVID lockdown theme, because why not? I don't have time for someone sliding into my DMs telling me my post was inappropriate during the current climate. Oh my God, welcome to my world. (laughs) I know. And this was not a dear listener. I have to say that straight up. This was like a, like an ex-boyfriend style kind of person. Okay. Slid into my DMs with the most baffling, patronizing message about a post I'd put up of Isla swimming. What could he possibly have to say about Isla swimming? Well, here's the thing. Straight up, not here to flout rules, not trying to find loopholes in how I can make this lockdown work for me. I'm 100% on board with doing the right thing, locking down, stamping out this cluster. And as a resident of the Northern Beaches, want to do absolutely everything correctly. Okay. I really need to say that up front. The rules are different here in lockdown to how they were in the UK. So tried to read all that and make sure I was doing the right thing. I know we're allowed to exercise and the kids are also allowed to exercise. Yes. So I took Isla for a swim on the first day of lockdown. Actually, it wasn't even the first day of lockdown. It wasn't the mandatory lockdown yet. It was just like stay at home. So we did. We stayed at home all day. And you know what it's like with kids at home all day? They lose their damn minds. We live in a two bedroom apartment. We're very fortunate enough though to live steps from the ocean. I took Isla for a swim in the ocean pool and she wanted me to come in with her. So I just took this little photo of her asking me to come in and I did actually have a swim with her. And then we came straight And was it busy? Were the pools busy? Empty. I wouldn't have gone in if there'd been anyone else in the pool. I would have left it to them and gone in the surf or something. We crossed no paths with anyone. We left the house. We got straight in the pool. We had about a 10 minute splash around. She got some exercise and then we walked home. We didn't go into any shops or get on any transport or just pass anybody on the way. We went house, ocean, back to the house. Anyway, I didn't like explain all that in the photo, I guess, when I put it up, but um. Yeah, this this friend person slid into my DMs and was like, this looks really lovely and everything, but do you really think this is something you should be posting? And for a minute I thought, oh, is he like offended that I've put a picture of my kid up in a swimming costume? <laughs> I was like, what? what's he talking? I literally was like, what is he talking about? Yeah. So I was genuinely baffled with why he was saying, do you really think you should be posting this? And if, if he was about to tell me it was something about my daughter, I was ready to sort of arc up. I should say this person's not a parent. Says it all already. And then he said, well, in the current climate, you actively went out without wearing masks on the northern beaches. Hang on. I thought I saw a picture of you and Isla wearing masks. Yeah. And like, I'm not going to get into a big thing where I defend what I did and didn't 
put up on my bloody Instagram. Like whatever. But I don't want to look like I'm flouting anything or doing the wrong thing. Like that kind of gets my back up. So I was like, oh no, we were exercising. We sort of had this awkward back and forth where I was like, sorry, I'm actually really happy to be wrong. Tell me what I did wrong. Cause I don't want to do the wrong thing. And he was like, well, I'm just telling you how it looks. You know, we really need to be aware of how these things look. And I was like, how it looks to who? I know I'm doing the right thing. Do I have to sort of police how my social media looks like to my family and friends? So weird and frankly, really patronizing. Yeah, not cool. And that's the tricky thing with social media is that you're not getting the full picture. I'm constantly saying this to people and often it it is with the mum police. They don't have the full picture. They're literally looking at my life from one angle, which is the angle of the lens of the camera. And usually for 15 seconds, which is the length of one Instagram stories post, it's 15 seconds of my entire 24 hour day. If I put eight Instagram stories up, then that is two minutes of my entire life. That's it, two minutes. What can you gather from that? So I guess it's easy to make assumptions. But then again, said like a true non-parent, right? Because he has no idea what it's like to live in a two-bedroom apartment with two children. But we're allowed to exercise in the fresh air. We are. Away from other people. For one hour. That's what we're granted, one hour a day. Back to the differences between UK and here, where my experience of Edinburgh and the UK was that everyone was very compliant and respectful of the rules. I do find Aussies get very defensive, very prickly, very finger pointy, very quickly in these kind of situations. And that has definitely happened where people are like, oh, Northern Beaches. And then the Northern Beaches people are like, but it came from outside the Northern Beaches. Yeah, totally. This like anger and and prickliness because I think we're all scared right yeah. everyone's scared it could be them next oh it's definitely in all lockdown. rooted in fear and that's what's making people so aggro but I just couldn't believe that this guy felt the need to reach out to me to say this and have that rage to yourself if you want but I, I just love that there was no steps of like oh she's in lockdown I won't add to the, to the stress. stress of yeah. that. No, I will add. Actually, I'm going to DM her and tell her she's doing it wrong. Yeah, when, totally. Like, I just can't understand when people don't take a breath and think, how is it for that person? It really took the edge off my early positivity of lockdown. You know, I said initially, I was like, okay, we can do this. It's just going to be like a quiet weekend. The kids need some chill anyway. And then I got that message and I was like, oh, Well, now I'm pretty blue about it all. And I found yesterday really hard. And I spent the entire day scrutinizing the rules about what we can and can't do. I even asked a lot of people. Our beautiful lawyer friend DM'd me the legislation. She'd highlighted the bits for me and was like, okay, so I've done um, some reading and this is what you're allowed to do. You're definitely allowed to go for an outdoor swim Oh, it was just, I don't know. It was just like that same old thing of like, you're doing it wrong. I know. And it's that same thing of when you bring home a newborn baby and you've got heightened sensitivities and there's only so much you can take in terms of external commentary about your life. It's exactly the same. It's like, instead of it being like, you're parenting wrong. It's like, you're not following the rules correctly. You're not doing your part. And everyone's just trying their best. The absolute pressure right now that I'm feeling 
Okay, so we're back in lockdown for Christmas. My top priority is that my kids have a magical Christmas. You build up to this Christmas day for so long. So I'm trying to make sure they're in a good frame of mind. You know, Isla took this news that we're going into lockdown really hard because I think she was expecting to go back into like hotel quarantine or UK style lockdown. Yeah, actually, I was going to ask you about that because I've never had a six-year-old, so I don't know where six-year-olds are at in terms of the level of understanding. But I suppose Isla, having lived through the lockdown that you guys endured in Edinburgh, that the idea of it coming now, encroaching into her life in Australia, would scare the shit out of her. Well, my kids, I have really tested and learned over the last year or so are very adaptable as I think all kids are quite resilient and adaptable but they did both look at us when we said oh there's going to be a lockdown they went no are we going back into the hotel and I was like no we're not going back into the hotel can Santa still come yes Santa can still come how come Santa won't get coronavirus I said oh Santa's magical and then they're like can Santa give everyone magic from the coronavirus for Christmas? And I was like, oh, God, this is such a spiral. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, oh, God. Anyway, we we sort of soothed them that it wasn't going to be like the UK. We could still go and have a swim or go for a walk or they could take their scooters out for a bit every day. But we were going to have to spend more time inside and we wouldn't be seeing friends, which is really hard on kids. So hard. Um, and there's the little things I forgot about lockdown at home with kids. Like you, you clean the same room 17 times a day. I know. There's that layered cacophony of sound where like the TV is usually on and then one kid's yelling at you and then another kid wants something and then your husband asks you a question and then you've maybe got a podcast in and you can't escape the layers of sound around you because there's nowhere to go. Totally. Um, And then on top of that, there's the added fatigue that comes with doing nothing. I was so tired Yesterday, I did nothing and I promised myself I would go out for a walk, but I lost all inspiration. I was sort of like this languid, lazy person, like just lying on the couch. You feel a bit low, a bit down. So you're not really like peppy to be like, I'm going to go out for a walk, but really I should have. And it's, it is so hard to get it up for life when you're in lockdown even after 48 hours it's just hard and then to have someone slide in and school me I was just holding it together trying to keep festive you know me and Isla were learning a little dance we were trying to make the most of it it was amazing how quickly a small thing like that could just knock me out of being positive into like pretty glum yeah so there you go makes you realize that you just need to be mindful about how you speak to other people Yeah, it's definitely given me a helping of I've really got to look out for my UK friends and friends in the US, like just how quickly we forget what it's really like to be stuck inside and have all those freedoms that we've enjoyed so much for the last six months taken away. Yeah, it's interesting as well. I've had a lot of messages of solidarity from Melburnians because they went through it more than anyone. They've been the ones reaching out being like, oh my God, I'm from Melbourne and I just can't believe that you're dealing with this right before Christmas. Whereas I'm like, oh my God, I can't even begin to imagine what you endured for 168 days or whatever it was. I can't remember the number, but the Melburnians I've been speaking to have been the most understanding, supportive, empathetic, sympathetic. I'm sure there are some Melburnians who are experiencing a bit of schadenfreude where they're like sucked in Sydney ciders. About time you got a dose of what we tasted for the last however many months. Maybe this is the thing that can unite Sydney and Melbourne. (laughs) But speaking of festive cheer, I finally wrapped 
my kids Santa presents okay, from okay. Santa. Stop. This is a very interesting topic for me because, oh, well, we don't wrap Santa presents in my household, oh, whereas you do. Okay. So can you explain to me, do they go under the tree or do they go in the stocking? Do you have a stocking? Does Santa deliver a stocking? Or It's so funny how different households do this. So in our family, they get one big thing from Santa. Okay. And then they get some other things from us. Okay, so one Santa gift. You know, I'm trying to teach him a little bit of respect. I'm like, you can't just rattle off a list to Santa. You ask him for one thing, he delivers that, and the rest, mum and dad worked really hard to buy for you. And I like them to know that we worked and sacrificed a little bit to buy these nice gifts for them under the tree. So all their gifts from us are already wrapped and under the tree and they really enjoy that week and a half before Christmas looking at the shapes and reading which ones are for them and who they're from. We kind of break it up as well. This is Dear Teddy from Mummy and for Isla from Daddy and this is for Isla from Mum and Dad. Like we kind of mix up. Yeah, cute. So everyone feels kind of warm and fuzzy and connected on Christmas morning. So that's all wrapped in like our family wrapping paper. And then I always do like a pretty art directed, this came from the North Pole situation for the two Santa presents. Oh, cute. So I like to leave a little bit of glitter dust, a little bit of tinsel, a little bit of a trail of where it's come in the door so that these two gifts that are from Santa are like really special. So I always put everything in their sacks from under the tree and then that's like on top of the sacks. Wait, so (laughs) hang on, explain the sacks? So the sacks- They have sat- they have Santa sacks. Oh, hang on. So it's not one gift. It's a Santa sack with no, gifts. No, no, oh. One gift from Santa, but the sack is full of all the presents that we bought them. Oh, so your presents are currently not under the tree. They're in a Santa sack. No, under they're a tree. under the tree and then I move them into the sack on Christmas Oh my Eve. God, that is so layered and complex and way too many <laughs> steps. No, because I like having presents under the tree in the lead up because it's festive and fun. But, but hang on. Okay, <laughs> we're going to disagree on so many things here. The thing about the Santa sack... Minimalist v. Maximalist. <laughs> so does that mean that on Christmas morning they just get handed their sack? They get handed it. They run out in a big, like, frenzy and then dive into it. And, okay. you know, Isla okay, orderly wait. kind of takes everything out one by one and sort of arranges them and decides which one she's going to open first. And Teddy just, like, upends his sack and shakes everything everywhere and just goes nuts. Our day could not look more different. And that's why I'm so interested to hear. I would love to, like, one by one open everything and really bask in it. But I have a three-year-old. Like, it's not in my control. It's going to go how it's going to go. I'll let you know. Last year was, like, the tornado emoji. He is quite grateful. I say that carefully because he's also quite bratty. He's like so into toys. Yeah, it's a little bit gross, but he is like. (gasps) 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 Every time he opens something, he gets very excited, and then he sort of has this like shaky come down after he's opened everything, and sort of has to arrange. And but Isla is more like takes her time and unwraps the paper really carefully, and always reads a card first, and is so gorgeous. And she always says the same variation of oh how did you know I wanted this which is just so cute oh she's so sweet she's the best it is a major like mess of paper and chaos and mum can you put the batteries in this and ah this is from oh who's that from it's kind of crazy okay so from a more is more to a less is more can you tell me about your Christmas day 
Yes. So I'm just following suit with the traditions on my side of the family with our kids, which is funny because Hubs and his family do things differently. They do the more Scandinavian style Christmas where they actually celebrate more on Christmas Eve and open all oh. their presents on Christmas Eve, which to me is like mind Wild. blowing because we Wild. don't open anything on Christmas Eve. It's all saved for Christmas Day. Hubs didn't even get a choice. I was like, we are doing Christmas my family way and our children will be brought up that way. Thankfully, he's opinionless about it all. And he's like, sure, whatever, babe. Happy to do it that way. <laughs> so my brother and I would hang our stockings on like the cupboard door and we'd go to bed. And in the morning, the stocking would be full of little knickknacks and trinkets and goodies. There's always like a Christmas cracker sticking out the top of it. And then we would grab our stockings and in the morning and run into our parents' bedrooms and we would open up all the little things in our stocking those things aren't wrapped but it's little trinkets things like yo-yos or um stick on earrings like do you remember those when you were a kid yeah or like little hair butterfly clips or without a doubt i'd get like a five pack of undies cute some lollies this has your british whimsical mother all over it 100 percent, and i frothed over all those little knickknacks so these are from santa all from Santa. That's it. The stocking is just Santa. And this is the confusing the mental thing. load that Santa has to deal with to fill stockings of all the boys and girls. I know, but this was the thing is like my assumption was that everyone else had the same deal yes, from Santa because my brother and I always got the same stuff. And there was always like a little bit of a race to not see what each other got so that we could have the surprise ourselves. And where it got confusing, I remember, was going to school because I never, ever had a problem with what Santa gave me. I was always super excited to unpack my stocking. Did you also get a present from mum and dad? Yes. So there are tree presents. And when it comes to Christmas Day, the rule is we can open our Christmas stockings from Santa in our pajamas. Then the whole house has to get ready and get dressed for the day. And then we have to have breakfast. Oh my God, torture. I know, absolute torture. And I remember this growing up where I've never eaten my breakfast fast enough. Like I've just inhaled the whole thing. Because my brother and I were always like, can we open our presents? Can we open our presents? Can we open our presents? And then we would race under the tree and we're all beautifully dressed in our Christmas gear. And then one by one, we have what we call the Christmas elf and you wear like this little elf hat. And I remember when I was old enough, I was like, I want to be the elf. And the elf's job is to pick up each present under the tree and go, dear Gemma, Merry Christmas, love mum and dad. And then you'd slowly get your little pile and then you could open your gifts. And so, so if I did that in my house, it would be like, can we open our gifts? Can we open our gifts? Can we open our gifts now? I've had one bite of toast. Can we open our gifts? I asked her the other day, actually, I was like, why did you do that? And mum goes, because it draws it out. Because yeah. otherwise all your gift opening happens at like 6.30 in the morning and that's yeah. it. But this way you get your Santa stockings. So you've had your opening fix for the day. Yeah. And then you have to shower and get dressed, go through the ritual of starting your day, have breakfast. And then by the time it got to 10 o'clock, that's when we were at gift opening time. So mum was like, I like to milk it out so that you're not opening 10 million gifts so you don't get fixated on one thing. Mum didn't mind that we were sitting at the breakfast table playing with a yo-yo or playing with a Rubik's Cube that Santa had dropped off, like that kind of the trinkety stuff. So... While I said I was always really stoked with what Santa gave me, my bubble was definitely burst when I went to school. And I will never forget this. I was in year three. So I was eight years old. 
And I went to school and this was the thing that I should also clarify as well, because in Australia, Christmas is right in the middle of our biggest school holidays. So by the time it gets back into school starting, so end of Jan, early Feb, kids, they're not really fixated on Christmas. No, they're like Santa who? They don't even care about New Year's. Like New Year's would have felt like a lifetime ago. So I can see how it's less of a problem in Australia. But I grew up in those early childhood years in Thailand and I went to a school that ran under the British system. So Christmas wasn't our summer holidays. We just had a little two-week break and then we were back at school shortly after Christmas. So Christmas was always a hot topic. So I'll never forget in year three, everyone was talking about what did Santa bring? What did Santa bring? What did Santa bring? And I was like, oh, Santa brought me a sticker book, pack of undies, a packet of undies, a pencil. And then Rachel Honey Jones goes, I got a camera and a set of golf clubs. (laughs) That is such a Diplobrat thing to say. Diplobrat! Oh my god. Fuck you, Rachel Honey Jones. Yes. And the golf cart you rode in on. <laughs> Seriously, she may as well have. Holy shit, you must have been good this year. Was what my eight-year-old mind told me. What eight-year-old gets golf clubs? A Diplobrat. That's who. Oh my god. God. I know, and this is the problem with going to a um, international school in Thailand because it's full of wealthy expats. But I can see how that situation would be quite upsetting for other children who really are yeah. from underprivileged families. Something from the charity store. Who are, yeah. yeah, relying on donations yeah. from charity yeah. stores or whatnot. It's funny because on Instagram, there's always this debate about trying to educate people about can you not make your Santa gift an iPad or something really fancy and expensive? And there is a split of arguments and I've seen a couple of influencers talk about it. See, I'm obviously very much of the camp of Santa gifts should be more trinkety style and that parents should give the fancy in inverted commas because fancy can range from family to family gifts those should be from the parents and for me I'll be educating my kids that you know mummy and daddy worked really hard to give this to you but then I've also seen influences on the other side being like well people should just respect people's traditions because every family's got different traditions the end so oh how excellent another way we can all do this wrong I know well this is why we're talking about it on the podcast in full debate (laughs) mode Look, the whole Santa thing is so flawed. A creepy man you don't know comes through a window Trespasses. and passes stuff off. And you should be very grateful and like be really good and do whatever he says and go sit on his knee. But I think you do you. Everyone do it their way. We are very privileged in Australia. My kids don't really discuss their lives with other kids. They're very in the here and now. Like I've never heard a kid rock up to school and be like, what'd you do on the weekend? They're just like, let's go play handball. They're very much in the here and now. They don't really compare and contrast yet. But do you think that's because you're still in the stage of having a six-year-old and a three-year-old versus say a 10-year-old and an eight-year-old where kids do start to go to school and observe things like, oh, she has a really nice pencil case and I really like her school shoes or, you know, like it can get a bit like that. I can see where it goes that way and that's why there is such a concern online with parents. And also I think it's so easy to forget 
what Christmas is about. Yeah. We do get really caught up in the gift giving and I understand that it's magical for kids and there's all of that side of things. But if we're going to go hit hard on the gift front, we also need to hit hard on the giving front. Absolutely. Reminding kids about the giving tree and dropping off a gift to a charity store where they distribute kids to sick kids in hospital or underprivileged children. I mean, we're in a consumerist society. So there's this obsession with Christmas shopping, Christmas shopping, Christmas shopping. And it's like, well, what's actually more important at the end of the day? And I think this year we've all self-soothed with stuff, right? Because it's been such a shitty clusterfuck of a year that sometimes online shopping or buying something nice for yourself is such a way to just feel better for a minute. And absolutely, you're so right. This is the perfect time of year, like any major occasion or calendar event, to just check your privilege and just check the kids are aware of how other people have it. But I reckon I've got one more year with my six-year-old anyway. What do you mean? What? In in the believing? Here's where I'm at. She's a smart kid, right? Like she's onto things. She's always been a little bit ahead of me, a little bit suspicious of me. Last year on Christmas Eve, she went into the cupboard and I just moved her Santa present for one sec to get something else or whatever. And it was there. And she never goes in this cupboard, but Murphy's Law, just before bed, she opened the cupboard and she saw her Santa gift. And I was really quick to like run some interference and do some subterfuge. But she clocked me and she was like, was that a cozy dozy? And I was like, no. And then I was just really ninja about it and like jumped in and moved it and then like had a reason for her to go back in the cupboard. And she went in and she was like, oh, it's gone. So I was like, okay, maybe I like reinserted some magic, but she saw it and she just couldn't stop asking me for about three or four days. Mom, I swear I saw the cozy dozy. Okay, I, I'm sorry. I have to interject and ask, what the heck is a cozy dozy? It's what every five-year-old wants, don't you know? It's a fuzzy little bear that you soothe to sleep. The oh irony. God, the irony. The irony that my non-sleeper wanted a sleep toy. And anyway, this year, the elf on the shelf fail that I have done is just added to her suspicions she's all over you babe she's all over me and I just feel like this might be the last year I have with her believing all the magic oh no if she stops believing you're gonna have to get her on side to save it for Teddy because I feel like as a younger sibling my brother spoilt it for me earlier yeah because we always had a Christmas party at our house on Christmas Eve so mum was always wasted trying to fill these (laughs) Christmas stockings and creep into our rooms and hang them on our wardrobes and um that's so what I'm like yeah and one year my brother was like oh Santa goes shopping at Central Bangna does he and mum had like left the price tag on the I think it was a snow globe or something and mum was like oh yeah I mean I guess Santa has to shop from somewhere maybe he decided to put these in last minute and just ducked by Central Bangna like this is what I'm saying the logic is flawed a lot of the toys have like a little place where you'd hang it on the shelf at Target or they've got a barcode like if there's a made in Santa's workshop they're not going to have all that stuff on there I think that's what the conclusion we've come to is Christmas (laughs) is flawed flawed. AF (laughs) okay Jim yes Should we tell the dear listeners our exciting news? Oh my God, yes, yes, yes. Oh my God, I nearly forgot. Guys, we have a sponsor. We're legit. Our very first sponsor of the podcast. I can't believe it. When Rebs and I decided to do this podcast, it was honestly one of those things where we're like, this will be so fun to just put out there into the world and see what happens. And if nothing comes of it, 
we'll look back at it in 20 or 30 years time and be like, remember that time we tried to start a podcast? I mean, I have never seen you so frequently in the last few years. <laughs> no, seriously, guys, if you have a bestie that you want to spend much more time with, can you feel like start you a see- podcast? Yes, that's the answer right there. And what makes it even cooler is that now someone is willing to sponsor an episode for us. So wait, does this mean we have to like do an ad? Yes, yes, yes. So guys, in our next episode, we will be opening it with this episode of We Don't Have Time For This is sponsored by... You will be opening it because listen to how good your voiceover voice is. You're the trained professional. I may have done this before. <laughs> I, I still can't believe it. And I'm very excited to share with our dear listeners next week who our sponsor is because we will be forever grateful for them because they have taken a leap of faith with us. So the funny thing is, guys, because... We're new to this whole podcasting world as well. So we thought we'd just lay it there so that you're part of the journey with us. So we've been tasked with the job to write a one minute, so 60 seconds of content discussing this product. And we are such longtime fans of this brand. So we are pinching ourselves with delight that they have come on board and taken a chance with us. We have to make the ad really cool and easy to listen to so that people stay with us. Yeah, yeah. You guys aren't going to switch off, right? Now that we're adding our first piece of sponsored content, look, We don't have a schedule of sponsored content coming up. This is our very (laughs) first and only sponsor request. So, um, yeah, it'll be in the next episode. It might be our one and only ad. I know. Other brands and products might listen to it and go, "Mm, we won't be requesting partnerships with Kate and Jen. It would be the theme of 2020 to be like, oh, something good's happening. Nope, nope. (laughs) Retract, retract. Retract. (gasps) Speaking of retractions, I promised my husband that I would broadcast a retraction. Ooh, what didn't he like about the podcast episode? I was curious to know what your husband would think listening to the episode mostly about husbands. Well, he's low-key a huge fangirl of this podcast. Oh my God, cute. But he was really mad that he got labelled with gifting me servo flowers. Oh. And it's quite funny because, true, he has never gifted me servo flowers. Oh, he hasn't? No, I think you're thinking of our other friend. Oh, the good mum. The good mum. Yes, sorry. Her husband has bought servo flowers. Yeah, so sorry to throw him under the bus now, but the funny thing is... Also, I thought I should quickly clarify for our British listeners, servo flowers are those flowers that you buy from a petrol station. Yes, or like a convenience store. The sad ones that are about four days old and about to die and wrapped in like a weird green cellophane with like price tags all over them. (laughs) Yeah, those flowers. Well, this is the funny thing, like... He's never brought me servo flowers. He's really never brought me any kind of flowers. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so hang on. So he wants you to retract the fact that he is not a husband who buys servo flowers, but he's happy to broadcast that he just has never bought you flowers, period? Well, he has, I guess, brought me flowers, but it's not like he's like always bringing me servo flowers and I should just be grateful. Like, I feel he's going (laughs) to, I'm hoping this retraction can put a pin in any future retractions because it's just going to look worse for him. Oh, Graham, if you're listening... We love you, mate. Abort. (laughs) Abort. You've made a mistake. (laughs) So do you have a not sponsored this week? Yeah. So I thought about this. My hashtag not sponsored is a kid's brand that I am absolutely in love with and have been for so long. It's where I go to buy a lot of gifts for my friends. And it's this online store called Marmalade Lion. Such a cute name. name. But what I love about it is that 
all the fabrics are really unique to this brand and they're all mostly Australiana themed. So there's things like Australian natives blanket where it's got all these beautiful native plants or there's the cuddly koala blanket. Anyway, check out Marmalade Line. They have a whole huge range of things to shop from, from dressing gowns for kids to bedding to hats, bags, like you name it, they've got it. But just the prints and the fabrics are divine. So good. So, Revzy, what's your hashtag not sponsored for today? Look, my hashtag not sponsored is block your ex-boyfriends on Instagram. Do it. Block them. Oh, yeah. I am all about being liberal with that block button because your personal Instagram is your personal corner of the internet that is for you to express yourself however you want. Yeah, I mean, just that old thing that our mums used to say, if you can't be nice, don't say anything at all. Blocked. 100%. No one needs that negativity. Okay, Gem, I think even though you and I are inside all day today and all tonight and we could talk forever, I think we should probably get out of people's ears now. And for those of you who aren't in lockdown, please go and enjoy life for us. We're not sitting here seething over the fact that you have your liberties and freedom. We're here going, we'll be there soon. Enjoy it for us. Yeah, go live. Live your life. Run your children around. See friends. Yeah, socialize, enjoy the festive season, and hopefully we won't be far off behind you. Is it time to cue the outro? Okay, in the Christmas theme, should we do it like a carol? Ooh, okay. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll give you a loop, ready? Okay. I knew you were going to do that! Where are we going? We're, we're out of sync. Oh, wait, wait. We're out of sync because we we're, we're oh, on FaceTime. We can't, we can't, we can't be coral. Work. In the theme of lockdown with kids, we tried, we failed. We love you. Bye.